0: Cascadia and the edge of the world, euphomet presents Night Drift with Jim Perry.
1: From the hinterlands concealed by fog at the intersection of society and strange, this is an interview series about the unknown and our relationship to it, produced by the documentary podcast series UFAMet. Here, we commune and wander through the big wonder with guests who are thinkers, explorers, experiencers of the phenomena that is on the edge of it all. This is Night Drift, and I'm Jim Perry. Tonight, guest Renee Paquette. She's a television personality, writer, host, podcaster, and a paranormal experiencer. This is a really fun conversation we had back on Halloween week, and I think you'll really enjoy it. You should know you can join the conversation tonight. Email me at jim at uvomat.com and use hashtag nightdrift on Twitter. But let's get right into it tonight with Renee Paquette here on Nightdrift. Firstly, I want to congratulate you on not only AEW, but the Bengals show yes. and uh, the Sessions and everything else that you have going on. Um, for people that don't know, the Sessions is this incredibly fun podcast. Um, it's it's humorous, it's thoughtful, and it isn't afraid to go into some deep places either. Ooh, I love it, the deep it gets, places. It gets really emotional, and I can see that's what kind of drives you because I can I can feel that interviewer in you that is like okay we're getting somewhere here now let's like keep unpacking this I
2: think I'm just nosy it's not that I am no like I am nosy <laughs> that I'm like tell me about this but I also just find all of those things so relatable and yeah. unpeeling what those layers are that like make us all human beings are like I just find that stuff so fascinating and when people are willing to be vulnerable is such, um, like, I always really respect that people trust me with those stories and in that space. So I really try to handle them as, like, delicately as possible. While also trying to feel it out of, like, does someone want to talk about this or am I trying to make them talk about that? Because I don't ever want someone to think that I'm, like, give me your deepest, darkest secrets and we're going to air them to the world. Like, I don't want it to be that But if somebody does want to come on and hash that stuff out, by all means, let's have at it.
1: Does it ever surprise you when people are willing to go deep without a lot of provocation?
2: Yes. Yeah. And like, you know, I think too, I think because I have been able to do that, you know, a, a, a good like it maybe two handfuls of times, if that um, when people really want to have those really deep conversations with me. So I think people that are familiar with that know when they come in to do the podcast that like it could go that way or there's something they do want to talk about. And, you know, I think oftentimes, too, is like I'll use like wrestlers as the example for this because that's the bulk of what the show is. But, you know, I think everyone feels like sort of a sense of responsibility to like normalize the the things that we all go through whether it's body dysmorphia eating disorders depression anxiety all of these different things that that no one's really safe from Um, I think to just kind of remind everybody too, like hey we're all human beings so like maybe everyone just be a little kinder with your words and how you treat people and also if you're going through something on the other side of that like it's common. It happens to everybody. Um, So yeah, I think it definitely gives people like that platform where they want to, they want to share those stories. And sometimes it's just like therapeutic to talk about that stuff and put it out there. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is about like human nature that we want to share things like that with people, but there's something very therapeutic about that, that I always think kind of feels good.
1: Yeah, listen, I mean, that's the same goal we have over here in terms of normalizing paranormal experiences Hell for yeah. people. Because usually at the end of the day, they're related to much deeper uh, situations or traumas or issues. Uh, they're always kind of saying something else about uh, maybe a family unit or society or that person mm-hmm. and what their struggles are. Uh, and so it, it feels nice for people to be able to listen to that and go yeah. like, oh, I'm not alone in this, right?
2: Totally. And it's like, I think there's also maybe like the fantasy aspect of it and that's not me like discrediting that these things happen I do believe that they happen but I think that's the fun part is as a believer I want to hear these stories I want to know other people's experiences and it's like the varying degrees of whether it just being like the room got cold or I got goosebumps to being like I saw a person it's like there's such a it's such a wide variety of things that can happen and I want to hear them all
1: Yeah, well on one of your recent additions, you kind of dive deep with uh, some of your family members. You have your brother, Eric. (laughs) You have your mom, Carol. They were just so great (laughs) to get to know them a little bit on that podcast episode. Mm -hmm. And so great to see what that family dynamic was there. But, um, you know, as you celebrate, as we all sort of celebrate Halloween for what seems like three months now I know, you know what I mean I
2: know right <laughs> it gets here and you're like oh my God is it here already I've been I've watched yeah. all the movies I've decorated the house my Halloween I'm, I'm right. now I'm over my costume because I've had enough time to yeah. think about it
1: there you go yeah <laughs> <laughs> but 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 as we like sit in that right uh do you have any you know favorite Halloween experiences that you can think of
2: who I mean when I think of like the month of October and the things that I want to do, like, you know, whether it's decorating the house or you're baking different Halloween type things. I, it's funny. I think like having a daughter now, I'm like, oh, that'll be fun. I know she's like too young to eat and, and well, she probably enjoyed them, but. It's she's not right at that age where it's like let's make some bat cookies or some right. pumpkin cookies like she doesn't really care, um, yeah. but it will be fun in a couple of years to be able to really do that stuff. But you know, I think growing up, like my mom and my dad both always went like really, really in on like the decorating aspect of things. It's funny. So my dad worked, um, he still works uh, touring with bands, and he's worked in the music industry for forever. So he always had access to like the fog machines, the strobe lights. So our house could like really get done up with like far more means than most other people had just because he would like take it from a tour and we would pop it up in our house. Um, But it's so funny thinking of this because like you think of like eight, I got born in 85. So let's say this was like 1990 at the earliest. Our house, we had like to get to the the front door was actually like a side door. There was no like true front door to the house. You walk up the side, was like this like staircase to get you up. To, to the front door. But my mom had like lined that with like all of like my dolls that she had like hung from like nooses. You couldn't get away with that shit today. I don't think. Is that too creepy? <laughs> no. I don't think you it is too I don't creepy.
3: Think do that. But yeah, she no. would like
2: do that. I remember her like setting. We had like a big dog crate. She'd like set up the dog crate and put like a big like dummy scarecrow in there with like ketchup dripping off its face. Like definitely went like above and beyond what the rest of our neighborhood was doing. So I feel like that certainly set the tone for me. I think my brother definitely still feels the same way. He just bought a new house and uh has a yard really for the first time in Toronto. So he was like fully decorating his house. Our house that we live in right now is like a great Halloween house because it's so old, has such a cool vibe to it, It has like a little bit of like a perch to it as well. With like with land that's right there. So I'm like, oh man. I didn't I feel bad cuz I didn't fully pull the trigger this year. Um what that cuz I saw these like the like 12 foot skeletons. I'm like, "Man, Those are I crazy. want that." But then what do you do with it afterwards? That's what mm. made me not pull the trigger on. I was like, that's yeah. pretty big to store <laughs> away annually. It's,
1: that's a it's, lot of bones.
2: It's it's a lot of bones. It's like a dinosaur, it's a big dinosaur. Um so yes, the decorating <laughs> I love. And of course, watching the scary movies. That's that's the thing for me. I mean, watching movies any time of the year is great. So it's nice when I have a little bit of direction of like what we're narrowing it down to. So yeah, getting into all the Halloween scary movies is that's right up my alley. And it's kind of all over the place. Sometimes I just want simple ones like a practical magic, which is what a great movie. Hocus Pocus. Oh, Hocus yeah. Pocus 2 was very cute. Sure. We watched yeah. one last night called Speak No Evil. John and mm. I both at the end were like what the hell in in like a good in a good way but in like a twisted way we're like holy we did not see it going that way like there's one scene in that movie that we were like gripping each other um so there it's sometimes it's hard to find like the really good scary movies but that one was like a scary thriller creepy kind of movie
1: well I think you encapsulated really well and I think the many reasons why people love to dig into this set of fall months, and in particular October, it's sort of like cozy, creepy core. Yes, is what's going on. Yes, here. yeah. And I'm, I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it I all year round, though. I was I so mean, excited I w- when summer. I wish summer there was somewhere
2: you could live <laughs> that it was like that all year round. Wouldn't that be great? I guess everyone would mm. want to live there because I think everyone loves fall. Maybe this is like perfect. P-
1: pl- maybe parts of Scandinavia. You oh, know, maybe. maybe that's why they're like so into like the cozy thing. Maybe you know? they're like. like he- that's-
2: Huga, Higa, Huga. Yeah, right. Hygge. Yeah, I was going to oh try God. to pronounce
1: that and I was like, it's H Y G G
2: E. I just butchered yeah. it, but that's how you yeah. spell
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> Email us, people. Email yeah, let
2: us. us know. Let us know in the comments. Um,
1: well, it it makes sense that your mom and dad were involved in creating an atmosphere for this time of the year because from listening to that podcast episode with you and your brother and your mom, uh, your mom, she seems like a believer. She's got oh, God, stories, yeah. right?
2: Yeah. And, oh yeah.
1: And we're going to explore some of those stories right after this on Night Drift with Jim Perry.
0: Jim Perry on Spotify and subscribe on Apple podcast to receive new episodes of night drift automatically and gain access to all of our past episodes.
3: Do you take in me places? i the best, I'll come in the same Cause I do remember where I come from Like a sense of truth that comes from within. But
0: Drift with Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, 11:50 AM, KKNW Seattle. Now, here again is Jim.
1: We're back here on Night Drift and a really fun conversation we're having with Renee Paquette. We've introduced a new perk for UFAMet patrons, an ad-free UFOMet podcast feed. And you can use it wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to UFAMet.com and click the top banner to become a patron today unlock ad-free shows, and access to the occasional hangout. Thank you to those that have subscribed, and thank you for listening tonight. We're talking to Renee Paquette, and we just started to talk about family lore and a mom who is a believer, and those stories are really important, I think. It, it, you know, it seems to me that you know I come from a similar situation as to where those stories of ghosts, and Sasquatches and things of this nature, they were just ever-present. And there was no skepticism. There was no trying to figure out what things were. It was just people had experiences Mm -hmm. or people would create opportunities for experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there was a mythology that was built in terms of kind of appreciating being scared a little bit or relishing in those moments. Uh, it really appears to me that that was the case with your family. Am oh, I wrong? God, yeah. Or am I no, completely you're
2: right? you're absolutely right. And it's funny because I feel like I feel like my mom was. <laughs> I don't want to say she was good at doing that because I don't know that it was like by design, but I think my mom definitely like whether it was like Halloween or whether it was Christmas, it was kind of just making things feel very real. But I mean, definitely, especially on like the ghost aspect of things. Uh, Like I can remember being a kid and my mom telling me like she told the story on that podcast about how this ghost was on the end of her bed, tilting her head from side to side. Like I remember my mom telling me that story when I was a kid because it stuck with me when you're little and you're like, you saw a ghost? What? Like these things. Yeah, they just they stick with you. And I think like that has so seeped into me as a person that like I'm I'm the same way. Um but I actually had another girl on my podcast. Um Rachel I'll get her name after. Sure. Her name was Rachel. Yeah. Um she popped on to do my show and uh she is like a she's like a, 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 I don't want she's an exorcist, but she's like a not a psychic medium, but she she can see things that we can't see. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, she had said to me, she's like, oh, you've seen ghosts before for sure. Like she likes could see that for me. She's like, you're very empathetic and you would be very aware of all these things going on. Like, I think even when you were really little and I'm like, gosh, I think you're right. But it's really, Mm. you can try to dispel those things, especially as you get older and you're like, maybe that didn't really happen. Like maybe in like my child's mind, it was a shadowy room or I just felt scared for whatever. It was a, you know, I'm still afraid of the dark. I come up at where I'm recording right now. If I'm up here, is where the laundry room is. If I come up here to turn over the laundry before I go to bed, you better believe I'm running down the stairs. <laughs> I, I don't do well in the dark. <laughs> when John's gone on the road, I keep the TV on all night. I'm pathetic. Yeah,
3: TV will be on
2: all out. night. <laughs> yes, totally. Oh my gosh. Actually, at one point he was on the road and there was a really bad storm that came through. And it's just me home with our baby with Nora and all of the power cut out. And I was like, oh, God, I'm the adult here. I have to be the one to take care of this. <laughs> and our, our, like sw- our breaker is in the basement, which is like you've got to go outside oh, no. to get to it through a storm door. So I'm down there, which we for sure have mice down there. There must be. <laughs> I was you've never seen a person move faster than I did during that yeah. oh my god well, and I didn't even get them seen on I had how to many sit times by times in films? Like, I know like, I knew like, what I'm my fate would have looked like yeah. totally <laughs> horrifying I like I'm like on the phone with John I'm like I can't believe I'm doing this by myself where are you he's like well I gotta work Yeah. yeah I was terrified <laughs> oh my god
1: um, well, you know, that's interesting that, you know, you now find yourself in that place that your mom was when this mythology of this stuff was brewing. How do you think you're going to handle that within your family unit as your family is growing? Uh, do you feel, I don't know, a uh, sort of responsibility to carry that forward? This I like do. sort of acceptance of these things?
2: I do. And it's not even so much like... I mean, yes, the acceptance of things, but to me, it's like, it's kind of fun. Like, there's something really fun about, like, God, sitting around with your friends and telling ghost stories and talking about experiences that you've had. Like, I love that. John, on the other hand, does not love it so much. Mm. So it's funny because he knows all of these stories. I've told him all this stuff a million times. And he's like, you bring this on. This is you. Like, you bring the ghost (laughs) around you. I'm like... Do I? Oh my God! Maybe the I do. Chondra. Maybe you're right. I know I'm the ghost <laughs> conjurer. I'm like maybe he's right. Um, but yeah, it's so. I imagine with our daughter, and it's funny because I mean now with us watching like scary movies and stuff. If there's we would just watch Poltergeist. She's like, if that was our house, we'd be out of here in a second. There's no <laughs> way any of those things would have happened. Like we would have not kept like spent the night in the house. There's no way. So. He has definitely like a bit of a different mindset than I do. Not that I wanna like live in like a haunted house. I for sure don't. Um, but I like I feel talking we need
1: about to, it. For for those that are listening right now that uh, maybe are not familiar with pro wrestling. Oh yeah, sorry she's guys. She's talking about her husband. Who, yes, uh on TV is perhaps presented <laughs> and is the toughest man in the universe. Mm-hmm. Um poltergeist, no. The problem is you
2: can't fight a ghost. You can't beat up a ghost. I think that's that's where the issue lies. There's nothing he can do. As tough as he is, he's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna DDT this ghost. That's not gonna go. No Death Rider.
3: No Death Riders
2: up in here. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. There's no way. So yeah, it's it's really it is funny when I think about that with with Nora, especially because we do live in such an old house and I will say we've lived in this house for just about a year now and it's great. I don't feel any kind I keep talking about this and now I feel like I am conjuring them but I don't feel any kind of a presence in this house. It feels very neutral it feels very mm-hmm. easy breezy, but I thought for sure moving into this house. I'm like here we fucking go. Yeah, I thought we were like walking right into it, but it's been good so far.
1: Did you consult with any witch friends or do any sort of rituals to cleanse the house or anything like that?
2: So I didn't. And it's funny. So our house in Las Vegas, we did. But it was the first house that we bought. And I think we were like maybe a little more hippy-dippy at the time. So we're like, let's sage Mm -hmm. the house and we'll open all the Mm -hmm. windows and walk around good intentions and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. We moved into this house and like, you know what? I think there was just so much going on. At the time that we didn't even really have time to like stop to think of like gosh is there any kind of an energy in this house it's like we moved here we moved from across the country we had a five-month-old baby it's like we didn't have time to sage a house it was not <laughs> happening um but we did actually just recently sage the house um not long ago so it, it has been saged now but we didn't yeah. do it when we first moved in
1: listen i can't blame you i mean we moved into this house probably equally as old as yours I travel and meet with people and have all the opportunities in the world to have so-called spirit attachments or bring things home with me. And I could not even be bothered to even remember to do any practices or rituals to yeah. my house. who's Much got the time? To... Yeah. Who's got the time, you know? Who's got
2: the time? <laughs> but you know what's funny, though, is... Um... I had um, Rachel Evans was on my show as well. I had two different Rachels. One's an exorcist. One is like the ghost hunter, Rachel Evans. Um, and she was saying, which actually made sense because I was telling her about how, you know, I had an experience when I was like in high school. And I definitely do feel like maybe I saw a ghost or two when I was like younger. But I was like, I just don't feel anything anymore. Like that's not like a thing to me. She goes, it's because you're so busy. You don't have time in your life for it. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. My when my brain has like downtime, I'm not going, oh, What is that? Oh, what's happening over here? I'm just like I'm thinking of a million different things. Like I just I don't really have space in my life for that right now. And I yeah, like that kind of makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, there's a bandwidth sort of thing. There's yeah. a, a you have to be on the right transmitter, I the think. The ghosts These know things that I got no time out for their nowhere. shit right now.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly, we're no on a it. different channel. Yeah. Yes, <laughs>
1: yeah, it's 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 true. And you know, listen, there will be, you know, folks that experience profound paranormal things, like um, they believe that they witnessed a UFO or were abducted, or they s- see so like a complete spectral, you know, like uh, a complete apparition. And then uh, they're very into it, and they fall down this rabbit hole, and then over time they look back and they go, it's been like six months, it's been a year, and I just don't feel the same way about mm-hmm. what happened, and also nothing is going on. And right. it's this very weird thing that people go through, and then they become almost like sort of um, critical of themselves because they're like, okay, well, why didn't happen? And, and how can I get back to that space? And that's a really yeah. interesting thing about humans. I
2: do find that really interesting because I think – Like, first of all, if you tell people, hey, I got abducted by aliens. Hey, I saw a ghost. Everyone's going, okay. No one's going to believe you. But if you're in it and you're like, no, I'm telling you, like, this thing happened. But then some time passes and you go. And then, like, you know, I think the more you sit with something and whichever side of, like, reality you happen to be on, you start to, like, doubt yourself. You're like, did that happen? Like, that happened the way I remembered it did, right? Which is, like honestly like when I had my family on to do my podcast because I thought that about the house that we lived in our situation was that we all had different experiences in this house but none of us really spoke about it while it happened it wasn't until my brother moved out I had moved out and we had like kind of started to broach the subject of like yes stuff's happened in this house right but as you become more and more removed from that you start to be like that did that happen am I just like my remembering that differently it's it's really funny how your mind can play tricks on you like that but having a sibling or having a family member that like had that similar experience to to justify the things that you're saying is uh it's actually quite a relief
3: yeah
1: yeah absolutely uh confirms a little bit uh, of your of your sanity yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) yes
0: Drifting deeper into the night, Jim Perry is taking your calls at 425-373-5527 or toll free in Western Washington, 888-298-KKNW-5569. Drift with Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW, Seattle. Now, here again is Jim.
1: This is Night Drift. I'm Jim Perry. We're here with Renee Paquette. Renee has just started to tell us about this haunted house that she lived in as a child. So tell me a little bit about that house. It's The Simpson. House, right simpson
2: road that's the one 159 yeah. simpson road ajax ontario canada baby
1: look it up <laughs> so um, what what was what was your experience there how do you remember uh kind of like some of your first experiences
2: i think some of my first experiences with it were like first of all just feeling very much so like that feeling of like something is around me something is watching me like I would always be up late doing like my homework on my computer. I've got my headphones on. You would just feel this like I was constantly looking over my shoulder, always just feeling this like presence around me. So I think that's like sort of the first thing that kind of tipped me off of just like kind of makes you sit up a little straighter and makes you, you know, pay a little more attention to things. Yeah. Um, but then. The, the one that my, the one that really sticks out to me, and this wasn't like a one-time experience, this happened often, um, but there was a set of stairs, we lived in a bungalow, but then there was like, you know, two or three stairs that would go down the back that would be mine and my brother's room and they mirrored each other. And my brother and I, you know, we're in high school, he's two years older than me, I'm like jock playing sports, doing a bunch of stuff, he's in his room like being like you know, into his tech stuff and into his computer. So him and I were like not on the same page. Like we were like not the brother and sister that were just like hanging out together, um, <laughs> which I think I feel like is important because it's not like we would just like meet each other in the hallway and be like, hey, what up? But yeah. like at like two, three <laughs> in the morning, there'd be this like loud bang at like the top of our door, like very top. This like really loud bang. You like you'd have to go check to see what had happened. And him and I would both like open the door. We see each other in the hallway and we both kind of like ignore each other. Like, OK, there's my stupid brother. We're not talking to each other right now. But we would both hear the same thing like it would happen on his door. It would happen on my door. A lot of times, yeah, between like two, three in the morning, which apparently is like the demonic hour. I don't know if that's a thing, but that's something that I heard and read along my along my Google searches Um, But that would happen a lot as well as like the pacing up and down the stairs, up and down the stairs. Like someone just really active, walking around a lot, could hear like the kitchen doors, uh, cabinets opening and closing. I heard like the dishwasher open at one point, like just really active, loud things. But uh, first of all, I was not going to go out to check to see what it was. Hell no. I was horrified. (laughs) So like I'm in my room, headphones on tv on like anything to like drown out any noise um and then yeah having my brother hearing like all of those same things my mom she had an instance where she was in the shower she was she was in the bathroom and we had a small dog at the time lola and someone was calling the dog's name she thought it was me calling the dog going like lola come out lola come here Oh, my. god! And then my mom opens the door. She's like, just let the dog out because the dog's sitting there barking its face off. And I was like, just let get the dog. What are you? Why are you not opening the door? And p- pops her head in my room. I'm sound asleep. My brother's sound asleep. Um, And oh a lot of times gosh. I wouldn't like Yeah, I know I wouldn't tell my friends who like, you know, if you've got like a girlfriend coming to sleep over or whatever, it's not like I'm going to go. Hey, by the way, my house is haunted. I wouldn't say anything because, again, I'm like, this is happening, right? And they would be up in the middle of the night going, What? Who is walking out there? Like, what is happening? So it it was all just like a lot of stuff like that. I mean, never anything harmful or like really scary. It was just more so like you could just really feel like a presence. And to have that kind of activity and hear them like that loudly with the pacing and whatnot was like quite unsettling.
1: Yeah. Well, Yeah, and it was also at a point in time, right, where uh, you would go and hang out or explore, like, sort of abandoned asylums. I was bringing this
2: on. John's right. I was bringing it upon
1: myself. (laughs) Yes. But also, also, uh, the story from your mom about taking you guys out to, like, ghost roads. (laughs) Yes. So so you guys were kind of, like, ghost (laughs) adventurers or investigators before... (laughs)
2: It sounds like this was like a really big thing in our life and it wasn't really. But I think during this time when you're in the, you know, late September, October, November those months and, you know, you're a little bored. You're trying to we didn't have social media at the time. We were out doing things and being like, oh, I heard this story happen. Let's go check this thing out. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, we would we would go down to Ghost Road and oh, my God, I remember I just cried. I like was his hysterically crying in the back of the car (laughs) i was so horrified that we were going to see something so the lore of ghost road was that there would be a like a ghost motorcycle would come like ripping down the street and you could just see this like bright flash of a light would just come like right down the road and then if you followed it and looked the other way you could see like the red light for like brake lights Wow. Um, we never saw it I was crying too much and I was like, can we leave here? I do not want to see this thing. Like I was just so freaked out in the middle of nowhere, pitch black, dark, like so scary. So yeah, we went out to do that. And then there was the old abandoned insane asylum in Whitby, Ontario. Um, mm. It's so funny thinking back to that and like kind of what a special time that was to think think of something like that existing that we could actually get into to go explore. I feel like that wouldn't really happen nowadays. I feel like there's no way. And this existed for quite some time because yeah, they built up a new one that was like their true facility that they were working out of. But while that was being built and all the focus was over there, the old abandoned ones, which like I don't even know when they had been abandoned. When we were there looking at them, like they were old and weathered and beaten down. But there's like spray paint all over the walls. There's actually a link. I'll send you a link. Um, that that my brother had sent to me afterwards. It's got like all the pictures of it. Like just like the, like there's like where they kept the kids. There's tunnels that run all underneath it to connect all of these different buildings. Um, just like the wallpapers all shredded. There's like really creepy like pictures and the, um, the gurneys left out everywhere. Like I I don't think there was like straight jackets or anything, but I think there was definitely like, um, uh like the wrist tie things or whatever like there was a lot of stuff left in there like it wasn't just like empty like yeah there was a lot of stuff in those rooms and they were just like yeah very very creepy but people would go check them out so yeah you'd like eventually like run into like another group of like teenage friends that were also trying to scope it out but god I remember one time we were there and I was with a bunch of my girlfriends and we were all in a car and we were like about, we were either just about to go in to like do some more exploring or we had just gotten back to the car. But this guy shows up, wraps his like hand on the window to like get us to roll his window down. This guy just showed up in like a top hat. Like he was like nicely dressed in a top hat and like knocked oh, no. on the window. And I, I don't think it was a ghost. Like I think that was a real person. Um, but yeah, it was just like, we, we all just like screamed bloody murder when this guy shows up, like knocking on our window, trying to like ask us what we were trying to do. This guy's here, like dressed to the nines in a top hat. Like that's scary.
1: I mean, that's if he's a real flesh and blood person, still just as scary. It's
2: creepy either way, either way, ghost or not. That's creepy.
1: Yeah. Mm -mm. Do you remember what he wanted
2: from you? I don't I think it was j- I think it was probably just a what are you doing here kind mm. of thing because like security guards would parole it and they would come kick you out
0: mm-hmm. so
2: you were always kind of like on like the sly trying to like dodge the security guards knowing that you were there so you like wouldn't have out your your cameras or uh, a flashlight or anything yeah. until you got inside and then you could kind of like check some stuff out but oh my god we used to just scare the shit out of each other in that place
3: you just
1: ran like, into like who the- just
2: hangs out there but it was a normal thing like i think probably i'm sure almost everyone in my high school and surrounding high schools spent time at this place
1: yeah yeah oh it's so funny i mean like listen we're talking a lot about families embracing lore around this at certain times but also there's like that community aspect of like oh, it's the old ghost road or, yes. oh, it's the haunted asylum. And uh-huh. there are these places that we grow up with that kind of leave an indelible mark. And yes. sometimes we go outside of that and, you know, maybe we don't have experiences. Maybe our family doesn't embrace these things. And they're just like, ah, oh, that's old kid stuff, right? But but to others, I think, that do have this a part of their family ecosystem that have had experiences these places are like sort of hallmarks and we don't yes. really forget them.
2: Oh, my gosh. No, it's so true. I mean, I will. It's funny after it was my, when my brother had sent me like there was like this whole article thing written about the Whitby Insane Asylum and I was like just flipping through the pictures and I was like, oh, my God, like brought back so many memories of like spending time there and, and checking that place out and, you know, having all this like the ghost road thing, like the house that we grew up in, like that's something that's say like cherished memories because that seems weird but it's it's a shared experience that we all had yeah so I think there's something really interesting to like to just having those stories to like share with other people and again it's not like anything bad happened from any of this it was just like a thing to make you make your hair stand on end a little bit of like oh my god either a ghost is around or like the lore of a ghost it's it's pretty interesting. And that's something that like I find especially now being out here in Cincinnati and knowing that like there's so many different little like I just learned about this park that we take Nora to all the time. Um there's they have a there was a witch that was there. They called her the Washington Park Witch. Wow. Um yeah. so this park, it's a beautiful park fully redone by the city I think in like 2009 10 something like that. Um, it's right across from their big music city hall, which apparently is also severely haunted. Yeah. Um, but as they were renovating this park, they were building um, a two or three level underground parking. And I guess cholera was a huge thing in Cincinnati in the 1800s. So lots of people were dying and they didn't have places to mm. put them. So a lot of bodies were buried in what this park was. So as they were digging out to build this this garage, they just found bodies and bodies and bones and bones, oh but they found one that was in a casket. She was buried face down, which is you know the omen to like face down rather than up towards like heaven and hell. And she was um she was nailed in. She had oh nails God. through her ankles and through her wrists. So they Holy yeah they f- sending her off to um, one of the one of the medical schools around here to to just examine. I don't think they really. any conclusions or anything from this but just like looking at like where the stakes had been placed for this woman that you know you look back at that time too I think like the those lores were a lot more prevalent between like vampires and witches and what their powers would have been Um, but yeah I had never heard of this Washington Park witch now I'm like oh my god tell me more about her what's her (laughs) story why did she end up like nailed into this coffin like, face down towards hell. Like, I want to do a little deep dive on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, it's next, you know, this is leading to you uh, getting a spirit box. This is leading <laughs> to you being there in the middle of the night trying to find answers. I know where this is going. I've seen it before. Uh, that um, would lead
2: to John being like, you're on your own, Tuts." He would have yeah. nothing to <laughs> right. do with that. As they're telling the story, he's looking at me like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Well, here the interesting thing about John is that he is fascinated by, like, Sasquatch.
2: Yes, yes. And is that is. because
1: like unlike a ghost, you could fight a Sasquatch? Maybe. So there's there's Maybe. less of a, uh, you know, sort of a, a threat.
2: Yeah, at least like physically you can punch a Sasquatch, whether it's going to yeah. do something or not right. remains to be seen. But you can at least physically see it. You can run away from it. You can hide from it. Whereas a, it a ghost, shot. you can't even like hide from a ghost. You can go to a closet and hide from this ghost. You can go under the bed. <laughs> no, it's going to come find you. <laughs> right. So I th- like I feel like, yeah, maybe that's part of it. I don't really know where his love of Sasquatches comes from, but he's invested. Definitely. Yeah. He we'll loves get to the a bottom good Sasquatch. Yeah, we will. We'll get to the bottom of it. Um, yeah. Well,
1: as I've mentioned, uh, Cincinnati... That whole area, though, Ohio River Valley, it's a place that, that when I started Mothman, doing. Mothman, right? It's Mothman, it's ghosts, it's witches, it's dogmen, it's UFOs, it's it's everything. Renee. So and cool. I had no idea that when I started the podcast and I started going on the road to do these documentaries that I would keep getting pulled back there as many times as I did. And uh, I'm due for a trip. So one of the next times I'm down there, like, come out. We, oh my like, gosh. we got to get together and go to some of these haunted locations. And, Please. and I want to learn more about this witch that was buried because the unfortunate thing too in that area, uh, there still is a lot of prejudice towards witches right now. Really? I mean, there's modern day witch hunts that occur. Really? Yeah. What? And um, it doesn't go to the length necessarily of always, uh, you know, performative... Killing and, and ritual sure. in that sense, sure. But there is, you know, uh, a tremendous amount of harassment and oh uh, it's a thing. It's a thing, and uh, so it's a it's a really important story to cover, and uh, and one that one of uh, the the reporters that work for for Night Drifter is rec- uh, is reporting on something right now occurring in Kentucky, and so uh, mm. yeah, there's it's but it's just a strange place. And it's just a storied, weird, wild place. I can't wait to get back down there.
2: It's really interesting. Um, Yeah, gosh, you should come down. Let's do like a real deep dive on the Washington Park Witch. Maybe we can do like a little like, yeah, do a little research, interview some people about it. I love it. Yeah, I would love to do that. But I mean, the more you know, too, it's like, so I didn't know moving here that there was all that, like all these stories and all these tales that you're talking about. But it was about this time last year that we were getting ready to move. So I'm looking up. I'm like, oh, what's it to do for Halloween in Cincinnati? And it's like brrr, so yeah. many different things. <laughs> There's like restaurants and stuff that close down that are notoriously haunted as well. So they'll like they'll shut down, but just host like private events where you can like stay there really late and like shut off all the lights and like get that full experience, which I'm like, yeah. can I do that? I can't do I even want to do that I think I want to do that but then I'd get there and then I'd end up hysterically crying like I did on ghost road um so maybe not but there are there's so many different things like I love like the, the mothman stories I think are really fascinating I need to finish reading that book actually um but yeah there's I love that I just I love being in a city that has that kind of rich history and there's there's so many different things to like dive into and like I said it's like knowing the history of the city too from the 1800s and the two different breakouts of cholera and how many people were dying from that and like, like I guess it, because the cholera was so bad in like the downtown core like near where we live they had had all these bins filled with tar that they would light on fire because they thought they were cleaning the air to get rid of the cholera and it was oh just like gosh. everything's on fire and like Tars everywhere, like this thick smoke. People are walking around with cholera. So they're like crapping their pants and like their bones yeah. are like, oh my God.
3: Hill's what scale. a
2: nightmare. Like full-on walking dead nightmare. Mm. All right here yeah. in Cincinnati. Come on down. Yeah. Am I on the tourism board yet?
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Trick-or-treat, everybody. <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> but then there's also like this is a very big arts uh city as well. So there's tons of really cool theaters. And yeah, the theaters I think too are like they're old and creepy and weird.
1: Yeah, such great architecture there. Mm-hmm. So many stories. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, it's I'm happy that you guys, you know, got there. We're here. Um,
2: Definitely come down. You're due for a trip. So get cool. your ass down to Cincinnati and let's learn about this witch.
1: I love it. Let's learn about the witch. Uh, l- lastly, let's let's finish it since this is a sort of a a Halloween themed episode on a paranormal podcast that talks about this shit all the time. <laughs> um, we'll we'll let's let's go real specific on Halloween etiquette real quick. Oh, okay. How, how- where do you weigh in on what candy or treats or gifts are given to trick or treaters? if that is something you even do.
2: It is something that I do. Um, I love handing out all the candy. And you know what's funny is for the last like however many years, I feel like we missed Halloween so much uh, because it would always end up falling on a day that we were traveling or not home. So we've really not. And then then you get hit with a pandemic. So that was a little bit wishy-washy. So I'm really excited to see what Halloween looks like in my neighborhood. I've got a bunch of candy downstairs. Now I did buy like the like mixed bag that's got like the Reese's cups and yeah. there's Twizzlers and Almond Joy, which I am pro Almond Joy, by the yeah. way. I don't understand why people hate it so much. I also love candy corn. Do not come at me. I feel passionately mm. about candy corn. <laughs> but So I like giving out the candy. I want to be stocked. I want to be ready to go. John did. Do a bit of a power move this year though mm. when we were out buying our halloween candy so mm-hmm. because we don't know what our neighborhood's gonna look like and honestly we didn't decorate quite as much as i thought we were going to mostly because i got a little bit like gun shy on, on finding one of those gigantic skeletons sure and i don't really want to do a blow up guy so anyways yeah it's a work in progress <laughs> so his power move was he's like well we didn't decorate that much I'm going to buy the full-size candy bars. So we're going to be that oh. house. I know. He's setting the bar. <laughs> he's setting the bar. That's his like that flex on the neighborhood. Cool, you put up yeah, your spider right. webs, but we have the full candy right. bars over here.
1: Cincinnati's favorite son. He's, I know. He rep- he's got a reputation. <laughs> he he's does. trying to get that key to the city, you know?
2: <laughs> he better get one. God, let me tell you. He better. <laughs> we need it. Well, I'll keep working on it.
1: <laughs> It'll be him and Mothman
2: yes and pete rose yes. yeah exactly <laughs> uh
1: renee where can people find all of your work
2: yeah okay so you guys uh, i drop um episodes of my podcast the sessions those drop on tuesdays and thursdays anywhere that you listen to podcasts it's called sessions um i also do um my my show with the cincinnati Bengals called renee all day um you guys can so catch good. that also wherever you guys uh listen to podcasts but it's also live on the Bengals youtube page and whatnot and then of course you can catch me on wednesdays on aew dynamite on tbs I will be there hosting interviews with all of your favorite wrestlers
1: now thank you so much for coming on to the show
2: yeah so thanks for having me
1: and thank you for listening to night drift with jim perry on alternative talk kknw eleven fifty a.m seattle you can hear the show anytime on the you've met podcast feed wherever you listen to them Go to euphemet.com for more and join us next Sunday. And until then, keep looking up.